Hey everybody, it's Colin Ellis here and welcome to another Culture and Coffee podcast for Monday the 18th of April 2022. Although, I have to be honest, I'm recording this on Sunday the 17th and I'm at Dodger Stadium uh, to watch a baseball game. One of my favourite teams, the Los Angeles Dodgers, taking the opportunity while I'm in America to have a look at the Dodgers now. Uh, two years ago, the Dodgers won it all. They won the World Series. Already. Technically, it's only really played in America, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, Japan. So not technically the world. The World Series is competing for like American teams, um, but they won it all. Now they've got a. Um, it's, a it's an interesting cultural story because they've got a. Or I'm going to turn it into one. They've got a team full of all stars. So these guys costs lots and lots of money the Dodgers have got lots of money if you've ever seen those LA hats where the L and the A cross that's for Los Angeles Dodgers synonymous uh, with the Dodgers um, but they have an all-star team but just because you've got stars in every single position doesn't make you a great team and now they've also got a great manager a guy called Dave Roberts uh, high charisma which is not necessarily, not necessarily need high charisma to be a leader um, in fact what you need to do is manage the charisma do have high charisma because uh, too much charisma is a bad thing. Um, and so Dave Roberts has, has molded the team. It's about making sure that he picks the right players in the right places at the right time. He utilizes people in the right way. Um, it's about making sure that he calls on specialists when they're required. But ultimately, it's about the team agreeing how they're going to work together, how they're going to play together. Um, and how they're going to actually achieve the goals that they set. And of course, for someone like the Dodgers, who payroll runs into millions and millions and millions every season, then they want to get as far as they can in the, in the, in the league uh, where they can actually win the World Series. They just uh, ran a guy out who was trying to score for the opposition. Opposition today are the Cincinnati Reds. So a little bit of excitement. I'm walking down one of the corridors here. All it is is food and drink. You'd be surprised. So like dodgy dogs, pretzels, cold beer, helmets, like helmets that they wear for nachos and cheese. Honestly, it's amazing. Um, so yeah, so Dave Roberts has got to mould that team into something that can win a title and make sure they, they achieve their So much like any other culture, but there's a culture that surrounds the Dodgers itself. It's like any sports team. And so when you're way up to the park, you see all the billboards and the banners and all of those things have got to represent the club and what it, you know, kind of represent um, what they're trying to achieve. And it also means that the fans have got to turn up and do their part as well. They've got to turn up and feel the culture of the club. They've got to get into the, the singing and the chanting and all of those things that they can do to lift the morale of the players. Um, the Reds have just scored, hence why no one's cheering that. 7-1, if you're interested. So... Um, so yeah, and this this, this uh, stadium in uh, it's in Elysium Park, in, uh, it's a neighbourhood of Los Angeles. You know, it's a testament to that culture. Anyway, that's not what I'm going to talk about. I just wanted to record the first bit of the podcast whilst I was in the stadium, to get a sense of the atmosphere uh, here. But this is not where I'm going to be doing all of the podcasts. I'm going to be talking today about how organisations or other organisations are doing hybrid. Uh, so for now, it's farewell from Dodger Stadium, and then speak to soon. Hello everybody, sorry about that, Slight, slightly quieter here, also I'm slightly tardy with the uh, podcast, it's been a crazy, crazy day, it really has, uh, lots of driving, but now um, 
pitched up here on a, on a rooftop in the, in the sun, which is nice. I'm going to talk to you about hybrid working. Uh, I, I think I, I, I you know, and I've, I've been talking a lot about this over the last probably uh, probably 12 months now. Um, the, the the book that I wrote uh, was published in, in August, but I was talking about it before then. I still think there is this almost assumption that, that some organisations have got kind of hybrid working sorted. Honest, I'll be honest with you, and I've worked with lots of the big tech companies, lots of smaller companies. I'm not sure anyone's got it sorted yet. I think, yeah, I, I might have mentioned this in the past, I think the tech companies are great at making grand statements about kind of what they're doing and we're going to work from anywhere forever. And it's like, well, okay, but what if you... What if your competitors suddenly say we're coming back in the office and we're doing different stuff and then you start losing good staff? Will you, will you follow that? Not that I'm suggesting that, that that should be the case, of course. But I think that's, you know, typically what they do is they try out, out try to outdo each other culturally, which is great, which is a great thing to do. I don't want you to think that that's a bad thing at all. It's like, oh, they're trying to outdo themselves culturally. That sounds really, really bad. No, I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're always looking at different ways they can enhance their culture, you know, making sure that kind of safety is the is the foundation for everything, you know, safety, diversity and inclusion, all of these, all of these things that, that really build that sense of belonging, that sense of desire. But when it comes to hybrid working, I'm still not sure that everyone's got it sorted. Let's let's take Google and Apple as an example, who are now calling it an experiment this time last year. Well, not this time, probably in. Well, it might have been this time last year. They were, you know, they were very boldly saying we're going to be hybrid in the future. And then it got to September when they were ex- Americans were expected to be back in the office. And all of a sudden, it was like, yeah, we're thinking about bringing people back, but maybe two days a week. Are you doing that? Are you doing the three and two thing or the two and three thing, which is forced flexible, right? It's not hybrid. It's forced flexible. It, it, what, that's the organisation saying, we really don't know what to do, so, but we don't want to piss you off. <laughs> Let's be honest. We don't want to do that because we think that you really enjoy working from home. We're not sure yet. So how about we do this scenario where we give you two days at home in the hope that you'll kind of be okay about coming in three days. That's what's happening, right, isn't it? It's totally what's happening. Like, senior leaders are like, can we make them come back in? HR like, we can't make them come back in. How about three and two? Is that what everyone else is doing? Yeah, let's do that then. Let's totally do the three and two thing. Although, hopefully, you're not doing the Monday and Friday thing, right, where they're, you know, kind of, well, we'll come in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But everyone's getting a long weekend. Well, only if you don't trust your staff. That's, uh, and of course, trust is, is at the root of it. And, and that's the thing about hybrid when it comes to what, it, what are everybody else doing. Well, I think the first thing to make the point is, is that they're doing something. And so obviously I'm going to give you the good examples on the podcast because I, you, you know, I want you to be able to take some things away and say, okay, well, let's kind of pause for thought. Just on the, on the three and two thing, by the way. Like if... If the organisation must insist, or, or, or if you want to do that as a team manager, just make it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I mean, if you feel that that's what you have to do, I mean, 
Personally, I think a fully, fully hybrid model is the way to go where you trust everybody to do the right thing and you might bring people together on a Monday, either in person or virtually. And then you, you kind of, you agree where you work. That's, that's hybrid. That's how hybrid works. All right. There's no, there's not necessarily a fixed work place. All right. So you could be meeting in a co-working space. You could be meeting in an office. Um, you know, you could you could do it virtually, whatever. But but we basically trust people to do the right thing. You know, and 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 ninety nine percent of organisations in one survey said that they they expect to have some kind of hybrid arrangement moving forward. But again, with the caveat that they don't really know what it is, or they're not kind of doing it properly. Um, and and you know, when 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 you when you think about kind of hybrid and. And this is why I like the idea of it. I, I, to a point, I like the idea of it being called an experiment. Providing that staff are involved, it's not like a senior leadership experiment where we go, we've experimented with it, it failed, everyone back in the office five days a week. Um, I like the idea where um, you kind of get staff involved in kind of like, how, how, how is it going to evolve? How is it going to change? How is it going to grow? You know, that I, I, I like the idea because, you know, then it's a collaboration between uh, different staff members on how it will work. And oh, of course, it takes into consideration those people who aren't able to work hybrid. You know, that's the that's the thing um, is not you know i'm calling it office privilege is not everybody can work hybrid uh, so you know you, you need to make sure that you you're very clear on who's eligible and who's not and you have empathy towards those who aren't because they'll see it as a perk of the job being able to work from home ultimately when you're working from home you're actually working remotely or working from home it might, it might actually be at home we're still working right so it's, it's hardly a perk as someone who's worked from home um you know, so so it's, it's important to consider that kind of eligibility. Um, but I said that I would, I, that I would talk about what the organisations are doing. Um, and, and let me talk about some of the good cultures. Um, because, you know, like, like most things, what they don't want to do is turn hybrid into this buzzword, this phrase that everybody uses. Oh, we're working hybrid now. We're working hybrid now. I think as well, these, the organisations that are, that are at least trying to do it well, they recognise that actually, you know, kind of being remote isn't always a good thing. You know, I don't know about you guys, there was isolation, there was that sense of loneliness, there was that real kind of blurring between what was home, what was work, and because the laptop was always there, there was distractions, that all of these things played into it. And so I think there is a, there is a recognition um, that that all of those things are true when you when you're working remotely, and again, that's part of that engagement, that part of that talking. You know, we talk about what other organisations are doing. They're having those conversations, but fundamentally, the first thing that they're doing is the which well, I'm talking about it on the Culture and Coffee podcast, and I haven't got a coffee. I didn't have one. I had a Bud Light. I did. I told that this week's coffee was a beer. It was a Bud Light in Dodger Stadium. So, yeah, I totally failed on the coffee front. Although I have been drinking drip coffee while I've been over in America. It's awful. It's terrible. Don't drink it. If someone offers you a drip coffee, just don't. It's just been sat there for ages. It's, it's over-brewed. It tastes like dirty dishwater. Like, and I can't tell them that because everyone else seems to be drinking. And the other thing about America, I'm going totally off topic here. Americans seem to start, like in Australia and New Zealand, we drink coffee 
in the morning when it's supposed to be drunk. Here, they start drinking at like eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. I took my son to a diner. We went to a diner and it was like nine o'clock at night. And, you know, we were having an ice cream sundae or something massively unhealthy, which is pretty much everything in America. And people were having coffee. I'm like, why? Why are you drinking coffee? Why are you drinking a stimulant um, at this time? And I, I have no idea where I was up to now. But anyway, let's try and kind of backtrack and get back to where I was. Yes, I didn't have a coffee. I had a beer. Um, yes, culture. They, they, they make sure that they've uh, redefined the culture. And so this is not, you know, I'm not talking about, a, you know, a 12 week culture change program or anything like that i'm talking about people coming back together you know it's partly why i'm in the states people coming back together to re-establish how they want to work together to to actually make some agreements to each other to talk about what they learned about themselves during hybrid work to talk about what they enjoyed what they didn't enjoy to reconnect to actually meet people face to face for the first time to do those connections to have a town hall in person to talk about the town halls virtually, and then to establish some kind of working group to look at this thing called hybrid working. Um, because there have been some positive changes from hybrid working. You know, we saw empathy, well, definitely at the start, empathy is standard, flexibility was encouraged, we, you know, physical health was prioritised, uh, as was mental health, um, which you know, we hadn't really had. Mental health always played second fiddle to, to, to physical health. So I think that's something else that the organizations that are doing hybrid well that you know they're considering all of those factors that said what they're not doing is allowing people just to do their own thing because that's what they want to do do you know what i mean they're not just being like oh well i don't want to come in on monday when everyone else comes in and they go okay well you don't have to you know they're making sure that there's that there is empathy between staff but you know people aren't being selfish i talked about that on a, on, on a previous podcast that sense of oh this is what i want to do so i'm going to do it um, and that's why that re-establishment of culture is is super important because once you get that um then you get that understanding from people it's like oh yeah it's not just about me it's about the team. I'm part of something bigger than myself. You know, it's it, it's about making sure that um, we make these agreements such that we're, you know, we're all doing the same things in the same way at the same time. Um, yeah. So, so I, you know, the, the, that culture piece is the foundation. So what are organizations doing? Well, we had the, I mentioned on the podcast, I mentioned, I might have mentioned it once or twice, the couple of the Indian service companies, they said in August last year that, uh, that they were going to implement a hybrid work model, but then they called everybody back to the office and there was a bit of an outcry about that. And they said, oh, hang on a minute. We said we're moving to hybrid, but we didn't say we're moving to it immediately. We want to reestablish some form of status quo and create a working party now. I think I mentioned on a podcast that I'm keeping a close eye on this. I'm making sure that that's just not some kind of ruse and everyone's back in the office full time. I want to make sure, you know, I'm keeping my eye out to make sure that they do what they said that they would do. Um, so Google have said that the staff need to be in the office three days a week from April the 4th. So from a couple of weeks ago. Um, and then they can work remotely the other two days, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be at home. And they're calling it an experiment. And, and, and Apple are doing the same, but from April the 23rd. So from next week, Apple are doing the same. Uh, Facebook, interesting Facebook. Facebook and Twitter were the first two. They, 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 the ones that doubled down early. 
said, right, staff can work from anywhere. So Facebook basically said that staff can be fully remote, um, but, and there is a caveat here, is that they'd be required to take a pay cut if they moved away from kind of uh, the expensive area. So if they moved away from San Francisco and moved into the middle of, I don't know, Wyoming, they can still do that. That's absolutely cool. They've got the technology to do it, but it will come with a pay cut which is an interesting discussion to have uh, and one that I had with the senior manager before I came away. And, uh, you know, my view is that you get paid the same. You get paid for the job that you do, not where you do it. That's very much my view uh, because, you know, the, the, the stress and whatever else comes with the job is still there. It doesn't matter whether you're in San Francisco or Wyoming. And that's something Reddit have said, and Reddit said that they will pay New York wages regardless of where people are based. Um, Salesforce are one of the only, well, no, Atlassian as well, uh, have said that staff can work from anywhere. The interesting thing about Atlassian is they're building a new office in one of the, one of the, most expensive pieces of real estate in the world in Sydney. So you've got to you've got to believe that they believe that uh, you know it's still important for people to work collaboratively together, which is which is obviously hybrid work in, in practice, right? It's that recognition that some things just require just require in person, and um, you know and and. You know, one of the points I'll be making while I'm while I'm delivering kind of across the next five days is that there are some weeks when you'll be co-located with the people that you're working with. It doesn't necessarily be in the office. It could be a co-working space, wherever. But there'll be some weeks where, you, where you're working five days face-to-face. That's, that's what hybrid is. That recognition that sometimes we're remote, sometimes we're in person. And, it, 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 you know, what we want to do is plan it as best uh, we can. Uh, Dropbox aren't considering hybrid working at all. And so they were the first kind of departure away from that line to sort of say, well, we're not going to do it because they're worried about the different experiences. And I totally get that. I totally understand that. You know, I, I've been talking about it for my programs as well. And people are like, oh, can we do them hybrid? I'm like, well, no, because you've got two different experiences. What you want is either everybody everybody doing it remotely or everybody in person because otherwise you, you you're trying to create two different experiences but it just doesn't work it doesn't work and it creates a disconnect between people and particularly when you're doing culture building you want to you want to reconnect people not disconnect people um so yeah so they were the one they said we're, we're not considering hybrid because we believe that we'll create different working experiences. We're adopting a remote first policy. Remote first policy. And what they're doing is they're recommissioning, recommissioning, is that the right word? Refurbishing maybe? Refurbishing their offices to become like co-working spaces. So you no longer get a desk anymore, but they are collaborative spaces and you can book spaces when you need to work together as a team. So you're remote first, but when you need to come together, you can use what was a Dropbox office, which has now become almost like a co-working space. Lego, interestingly, they unveiled their new office. Was it last week? If you just just Google Lego new offices, they're awesome. They're so cool. But again, kind of multi-million dollar office fit-out. And they see 
in-person work as part of the future of hybrid, which is the essence, the essence of it. So there has been that heavy investment in uh, offices, but creating collaborative spaces. And, you know, I've talked about it on, on, on previous podcasts, so I've definitely blogged about it. I'm sure I have. Oh, no, I did, a, I did a video. I did a motivational minute, which you can catch on YouTube, um, about making offices boring. Offices are boring. They are. They, they don't provide any kind of inspiration or motivation for productive work. You know, so I'm really urging every client I'm working with, although the one that I'm working with this week got awesome office space. You know, everyone I'm working with, I'm like, listen, can you, can you just do something to make it a more collaborative space? Oh, and stop doing some of the dumbass things that you do. You know, there's some stuff that just drains productive time and you do it regardless of whether you're, you're hybrid or, you know, kind of whether you're in the office. And they're the things that you would address uh, in, in the culture piece of work. So that's just some examples of, of, of what some organizations are doing. Some of my clients are typically smaller than those guys. Well, I've got people who've, who've called everybody back into the office uh, five days a week, and that seems to be going okay. Um, you can apply for flexible working if that suits your arrangement. So. Uh, they're considering, so I've got one in Australia who's done that, one in New Zealand who's done that, and, and I, th- I can't remember if it's by law in New Zealand they have to consider it, but they definitely have to in Australia. Uh, so I've got, I've got clients who've done that. I've got one client who still hasn't decided what they're doing, and, you know, I've said, you really do need to decide, because what staff want more than anything else is certainty. What are we doing? It's like, even if it turns out to be the thing that you don't want to do, at least say you gave it a go or bring a group of people together to experiment. But I think if you're a manager um, and I, you know, I work with a bunch of, of, of managers who just want to do hybrid in the way that it should, you can take inspiration from what other people are doing and you can decide what's right for you right now to make sure that you continue to get work done productively whilst providing people with a good balance between in-person work and alone work. And that is the essence of the essence of hybrid is as a team, you agree what needs to be done and you agree where it needs to be done. All right, I hope you found this interesting. If you've got any questions at all, by the way, um, about how other companies are doing hybrid, I've got lots of cases I've been reading, lots and lots of things. Please do. You can message me on LinkedIn. You can email me, colin at colindellis.com. Or if you want to join us in the Culture Makers community, you can do that, www.culturemakers.community. Oh, and look out for... It's April. So the beginning of May will be the new season. So the fourth season of the Culture Makers podcast. So just go and search for Culture Makers uh, podcast. I've done seven interviews so far. Some really awesome. I can't wait to share it all, uh, share those interviews with you. Otherwise, have a great day wherever you are. Ta-ra for now.